Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 1, Episode 13, The Blue Spirit. I love this episode! I love this episode too. I think it's so much fun, um, so much anticipation. It's so good. But before we dive in, how has your week been? It's been pretty good. So this week we just learned that Legend of Korra is going to be on Netflix, which is really exciting. I am excited to watch. I've only ever seen it once, so I don't really remember it as clearly as I do this series. Yeah, I don't remember it as clearly either just because, you know, it was only available very limitedly. Mm-hmm. I know that Avatar used to be on Netflix like in 2012, but then mm-hmm. they took it off and now it's back. I don't think Legend of Korra has been like on Netflix or in a capacity where I could binge watch it or rewatch it. Yeah. So very excited for it to come to Netflix. People have been like, are you guys going to do another series on Legend of Korra? I mean, <laughs> why not? Why not? Just might take us like two years to get to that point because by the time we finish this series, it'll be next year. So (laughs) it's so funny because we started this as a quarantine project. So let's just hope that we're still not under quarantine when we're We're recording this a year from now and we're still in quarantine. I'm gonna like lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to watch. I don't remember if it was my opinion or if other people were that I was talking to were like, "Oh, Cora isn't as good." But I don't remember. So I'm curious to see like how I feel about the show. So I'm looking forward to watching. Mm -hmm. I remember liking Korra. I just think it's a lot more serious than Avatar. I think Korra is more mature. Mm -hmm. but She's like older too. So there's more mature themes. So like I love Avatar because I can just escape my real world. It's all like fun and games for the most part. But Mm -hmm. Korra is much more like it's more serious and it's very relatable. Like there's there's I remember there's a lot of talk of like protest in Korra. I'm like, oh, we have protests now. This isn't me escaping from my reality. Yeah, and I think it's just like one is set in an Eastern aesthetic and one is set in a Western aesthetic. But I'm definitely excited to rewatch. And some other thing that I've generally noticed is that like, okay, I know that everyone's like anti Harry Potter. And I'm also anti JK Rowling. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I thought she was canceled like six years ago. Anyway, so I'm just (laughs) really surprised that people are still tweeting about her, like just ignore her. But some, I saw on like Twitter or Instagram or something that they were like Zoomers group everyone into what type of bending you are the same way that millennials used to do like or still do what house you were in. So I thought that was really interesting. Also, why do Zoomers hate millennials? Like all millennials love Gen Z, but Gen Z hates millennials and it makes me mad. Like, let's just hate the common enemy, which are the boomers. We're all trying to have us fight against each other. But I I know I've been seeing some tweets or some TikToks about how people are like, oh, like what kind of bender would you be? It's like, y'all, there are no white benders. So most (laughs) of you would not be a bender. Um, I don't really have that uh, mentality. Like, I think if you want to be a bender, you could be a bender. But I think it's kind of funny when I see people being like, none of y'all would be benders. This is for Asian people. You know know what I mean? I don't subscribe to that though I don't subscribe to it I think everyone should be able to bend but I kind of get where they're coming from in the way that like don't forget that these characters are Asian like just for sure yeah so I get that point of it but please everyone can bend I'm sure that there were benders in other part of the world too yeah for sure um I think I saw someone mention that like in one episode there was one black bender and like that was it and it's like kind of a shame there aren't it's not more diverse in a sense I wonder if Cora is 
I don't remember. I don't remember if it's like that or not. Anyway, we'll see. But as yeah. we mentioned, this was definitely one of the best episodes in the series. I think like I always complain about pacing. I feel like whenever we talk about these shows, I'm always like, the pacing is weird, but the pacing yeah. in this is perfect. And I think it's such a turning point episode because we see Zuko's storyline and Aang's storyline, which were always like crisscrossing and weaving in and out of each other. They finally intersect. Um, and yeah. that makes it so special. I think the main enemy changes in this episode. I feel like in the past, it's always been Zuko who's the main enemy. Mm-hmm. But I think in this episode, you realize, like, do we hate Zuko as much at this point in the series? Is Zhao the worst uh, villain out of the two of them? Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And I just, I love how how yeah. quick the episode is. It's because that pacing. It's just The like- pacing is great. The suspense. Um, That's the word I was looking for. I was like, I can't think of the word. Suspense. <laughs> this episode is very suspenseful, which I love. I Me feel too. like we haven't had that in a while as well. So It's a good tone switch. And I think we are sympathetic to Zuko a little bit more because of the storm. You know, like they put yeah. that storm episode in the right time that as we're switching over to a new enemy, like that helps steer our opinions, right, about these characters. Yeah. So some fun facts about the episode. One of the creators, Michael DiMartino, really loves this episode. It's actually his second favorite episode out of the series. And he loves it because of the mysteriousness of the blue spirit. Mm-hmm. He also likes the use of action and the surprising twist at the end. I like those same things too. Yeah. This episode was originally going to be called the red spirit with the mask being red. Um, and you'll even see that like some networks like direct TV will actually call this episode the red spirit instead of the blue spirit, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, in production, the creators dropped the idea of the red spirit just because it would be a little too obvious that this person is from the fire nation. Mm-hmm. I like that it's blue. I like that it's blue too. And the creators also dropped the red spirit just because they thought that the blue spirit kind of looked like an ancient Korean version of Spider-Man. True. So that's why they went with the blue spirit instead. And the blue spirit is actually based on the persona of this film prequel manga, Zuko's story. And in that story, Zuko is actually robbed by a thief who poses as a red spirit, kind of like a Robin Hood type of person. Mm-hmm. So the creators got the idea for the blue spirit based on this figure. And this episode uh, was kind of meant to be kind of like a series finale because Netflix only ordered 13 episodes of the original series. So this mm-hmm. is episode 13. So they wanted to have enough suspense and enough like twists to make it seem like the season finale of a TV show, which I thought was really interesting. That makes sense. And the episode was actually ranked number 15 in the 100 greatest moments in Nickelodeon history. I think it's higher. That's awesome. (laughs) What was number one? I don't know what number one is, but I know that the Blue Spirit is up there for me, at least. Probably number one is like the end of Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is weird, and you can cut this, but in my mind, like the trend that switched from red and blue it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, right? Like how they changed Dorothy's shoes that were originally silver in the book to be red because like it's a more striking color and technicolor. And like that just like when you think about how something should be visually, right? Maybe red would have been fine when you're talking about it or if you're reading it, but then because it looks too similar to other characters when you see it visually, like blue makes a little bit more sense. So like, I think you have to always think about it in, in an animated way too. Definitely like compared to, you know, a podcast or yeah, definitely reading it. It's mm-hmm. so different than like the visuals of it all. So 
Interesting take. I like that. So I guess we'll start with the episode. Yeah. So we actually open up with the Yuyan archers in the Fire Nation. Commander Zhao is there and he wants to use these archers to help search for the Avatar. But the other commander is like, no, like this is like your pet project. Like we're fighting a real war. We You can't use our archers at this time. The archers are so cool. And you also just see that there's two things going on, right? In the Fire Nation, it's like there's this one mission of finding the Avatar that we have Zhao and Zuko obsessed with. And then there's the actual war that's been going on for 100 years. So it's like there's a division in the ranks. Yeah, but I feel like not as many people know, at least within the war, I feel like not as many people know about the search for the Avatar as much as like the war. I'm sure leadership does though. Yeah, but not like a foot soldier, you know what I mean? Um, or only certain parts of Fire Army know about it. Like if you're like basically at like, say, you know, the Water Tribe or at the other end of the Earth Kingdom, you probably have no clue about the search for the Avatar or that they're that close to finding him, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Because we do see that, you know, there are wanted posters of Aang going around. So, you know what I really loved about this entire sequence? And I'm getting vibes of this entire episode. It gave me a lot of vibes to like Mulan. That opening shot of the fortress and the people at the top of the wall, like it reminded me of that opening sequence in Mulan where they're at the Great Wall and, you know, we see a hawk come in. And I mean, hawks are in Avatar a lot, but just seeing the hawk come in and like give a message that has a lot of visuals to Mulan as well. Definitely. So So it's the, the Chinese influence. For sure. But then we learn that with that hawk that comes in, we see that Zhao actually got promoted. How convenient that he just happened to get promoted. I was like, why is this guy getting promoted? He sucks. Like, he's just... But he's like an average man. So, like... (laughs) But also, like, it's his job to be, like, a not nice person. You know what I mean? It's his job to be mean. So... Why didn't they promote the other commander? Like, he seems focused and doing a good job, too. Well, we don't know his backstory. Maybe he's actually nice, which means he can't get promoted. (laughs) But at the end of the scene, we we see a masked figure with a blue mask uh, watching them. And we're like, when you first watch this episode, you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's new because it's such a different visual than what we're used to seeing. And it's like, who is this mysterious person? Like, we don't have any idea. And also since Zhao got promoted, like he wins, right? Like he can take the archers and do whatever he wants to do with them what a surprise he gets what he wants annoying it's always these like oh whatever annoying but then we see we like open up to where the gang is and coming out of the storm Sokka is so sick I mean being in that cold tornado with the fishermen of course he's sick and he's like coughing and delusional and Katara is getting sick too and Aang is like trying to figure out how to get them better and Katara's like no you know like she's like I'm not sick it's just a little cough and I'm like screaming at the tv I'm like oh my god it's COVID (laughs) they have coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) like they have the high fever the cough and weird delusions like it's basically I also love how loopy Sokka is in this episode. We don't see Sokka and Katara a lot of this episode, but we always get like a nice little tidbit from Sokka. And it's just nice to have like some more comedic relief, especially Mm -hmm. because there isn't a lot in this episode. And usually the last couple of episodes of comedic relief has been like these unimportant characters. Like last episode, it was the couple. Before that, the Great Divide, it was the guide who was super funny. But it's nice to see like Sokka back at his roots being the funny character. (laughs) It's also cool because it's funny, but it actually adds to the suspense, right? Because now there's the 
like Aang actually has to help and make sure that these guys recover from their fever. Yeah, that's true. Um, Aang all by himself trying to figure it out. It doesn't go that well for him. <laughs> um, so we see Zuko on his ship with his crew. You know, he's actually talking to General Lee and they're collaborating on how to find the Avatar, which I love. So mm-hmm. it showcases that like Iroh told the story about Zuko and now his crew is more collaborative. They're more of a team, which I really like that little tidbit that they what had. What a good leader Iroh is. Like he knows know. how to like make everyone work better together. And he's always so aware of like the mood of the ship. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and I think Ira loves it because he can play Pai Show as much as he wants, <laughs> which we see him playing in the beginning of the scene. Um, but we see that Zhao's crew enters Zuko's ship and he says, you know, any information about the Avatar must be reported to Zhao because Zhao just got promoted. And Zuko hates this. Like, he's like, oh, this guy just wins again. And Iroh's so indifferent. He's just like, oh, good for him. He got promoted. <laughs> playing Pai Show. And I think his, like, indifference, like, there's definitely a status. Zhao has a higher status than Zuko. And that's mm-hmm. pretty clear throughout the entire episode. But you see that Iroh has a higher status than Zhao because Iroh doesn't care at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. He was a general. Um, Iroh just, he, like, doesn't care about this, right? Like, he has another yeah. purpose and his mind is something else like helping his nephew like doing the right thing so he's just like he's very he's so relaxed about everything because he truly just doesn't care (laughs) he's just like such an old man in the sense that he's like over life he's not over life but he's like over the grind he's like "Mm, i'm just gonna play pie show play my music he has different priorities now for sure for sure so we see some fire nation soldiers in a in a bush like area and they see a wanted poster for the avatar and it's reporting that the Avatar can create tornadoes and run as fast as the wind. And they're like, okay, whatever. This is totally Fire Lord propaganda. And they don't believe it. But as they're seeing it, they see Aang rushing, um, running and basically creating the sandstorm as he's running because he's trying to go to a herbalist and find a cure for Katara and Sokka's fever. Yeah. And is this the first time we straight up hear anyone in the show actually saying like propaganda at all? I think so. I think a lot of this episode like goes into that theme of nationalism and propaganda and like jingoism and like that kind of fascist, uh, very World War II, like Hitler-like behavior or even just Russian propaganda during like Stalin era, you know, just the visual and the words and like how the the leaders are acting around this time. I think it's tying to a lot of historical influences. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. But it's also, it's a kid's show, but there's talking about propaganda, which I think is really interesting. And I love that they're teaching these kids about this. And mm-hmm. it's really relevant right now, if you know what I mean. So, you know, uh, Aang is like speeding by and the two of them look at each other. They're like, I guess this isn't propaganda. And they blow the horn. So that notifies everyone in the area that the Avatar is nearby. So Aang probably doesn't know he should be on high alert. But everyone is looking for him right now. Everyone knows that he's here. Whoops. Um, Whoops. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Aang is rushing and he's going to the herbalist. um, And she's this kind of really creepy lady. She's definitely a cat lady obsessed with her cat and and Aang is rushing and he's like you need to help me my friends need medicine please help me and she's just talking about her cat and her herbs and her plants and Aang is like that's nice that's nice help me (laughs) Uh, from a design perspective I love how the old woman herbalist is illustrated like she has no teeth and like her (laughs) lack of teeth just makes her kind of creepy like you get a really weird like witchy creepy vibe even though she's a healer 
Yeah, I think later on in the scene or in another scene, Aang straight up just goes, you're crazy, aren't you? And she goes, yes. Like, <laughs> so scary. Uh, but actually the scene of him like rushing to the herbalist, crouching tiger, hidden dragon was actually used as a reference for this scene, which I thought was really interesting. I never watched that movie, have you? No, but I, I should. Yeah, I mean, I've, never watched it. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to, I just never seen it. I don't know. I think we were a little too young for it, I want to say. That's yeah. why we probably haven't seen it. But you know, this lady also is talking about her cat, which is named Miyuki. And the name Miyuki is pretty funny because the cat was actually named after one of the storyboard artists on Avatar. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually one of the few animals that's not a hybrid animal. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Like in season two, they talk about just a bear and everyone's like, you must mean a platypus bear. And <laughs> they're like, no, it's just a regular bear. And everyone's like, weird. <laughs> so Zuko is so frustrated about the fact that Zhao has been promoted and he's like, I'm never going to find the Avatar now because Zhao has more resources. And he's just, you know, he's really in like that emo zone. He's like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get my honor back. I've lost my honor. I've lost my throne. I've lost my country. I'm about to lose everything. And he's just like, he's having a meltdown. He is. And you know what? I feel bad for him at this point. Me too. You know, we get why he needs to find the Avatar and the fact that he's basically the underdog in finding him. There's a new storyline of like, who's going to catch the Avatar first, mm -hmm. Zhao or Zuko? And Zhao is the clear front runner and Zuko is the one that no one's going to bet on. Yeah. So it's really sad to see, actually. I know. But, you know, we're back with Aang and the Herbalist. And the Herbalist says that Sokka and Katara just need frozen frogs to suck on to heal, surprisingly. Like, she's making all this stuff right now, like, in front of Aang. And Aang's just like, oh, thank you for this medicine. She's like, no, this is the cat's dinner, which I thought was <laughs> cute. But Aang actually goes out to get those frogs, but the Yuyan archers find him and attack him. But Aang manages to, like, kind of steer away from them, even though he's grabbing frogs at the same time. It's like, oh my gosh, stop grabbing frogs. Like, you need to run away. He's so sweet but dumb. Like, he's naive but dumb because, like, he really is so focused on the frogs through the entire episode. Like, no matter what's happening, his mind and heart is on Sokka and Katara and doing whatever he can to make them feel better. Yeah, which is really, really sweet. Like, he doesn't think about himself first, which mm -hmm. is, like, so sweet and such a 12-year-old thing to do. Um, and in this scene, actually, when Aang is falling and jumping off the cliff uh, to escape the Yuyan archers, that scene was actually based on a scene in Rambo. So they used a scene in Rambo as a reference to this scene. I haven't seen Rambo either. I know, how to but... do a movie reference, like do Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Rambo, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> a film series. But you know what I was thinking during this scene? I was like, oh, he should have grabbed his staff because, you know, in the first scene with him in it, in this episode, he's like, oh, it's raining. I guess I don't need my staff. And I was like, ooh, that's that's a bad move, man. And it's clearly a bad move. Yeah. Also, I kept thinking of like, you know, when you're on a plane, they're like, oh, you put your mask on yourself before you help the other person. And it yeah. was like, that is this kind of situation. Like, I wish he could have escaped, even though the archers are so swift and they are extremely precise and just they're a force. And the fact that he was able to hold off, even though there were so many of them, like shows that he maybe could have escaped if he wasn't focused on the frogs right then. Like wait 10 minutes, escape, then go back and get the frogs. Yeah, it's like you can't help Sokka and Katara if you're captured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> anyway, he ends up getting captured by the Fire Nation and 
he is tied up in this isolated fortress. There's nothing there except him um, in the center and his arms and legs are tied up. Xiao- Which is kind of a great like, visual, don't you think? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, this is kind of getting more intense and serious and might not be suited for a kid's show at that point. It's a little scary now, right? Like they still managed to keep it light, but then there's this layer of darkness that's coming back into the episode. And when Zhao comes in and he's, I know we keep repeating this, but he's such a jerk. Like he is the biggest jerk. And he's, I think he's worse than Jet, obviously, but I would say like our top three people that we hate definitely include Zhao for sure. Yeah, like the way he He's like, okay, your game of hide and seek is over. And the worst thing that he says is that he like taunts Aang about the genocide of the Air Nation. He's like, oh, how does it feel that you're the last airbender left? Like everyone's dead, you know? Yeah. And then you see Aang's sad face. Like he just goes into himself and he's sad thinking about that. Like, why would you do that to a 12 year old? Like he's so malicious. But we also learned something important from Zhao is that he doesn't want to kill the Avatar because the Avatar would just be reborn if he's killed. So they're just going to try to keep him alive. Yeah, which makes sense, I guess. But meanwhile, Sokka and Katara are getting sicker. And Katara thinks it's a good idea to send Momo to bring them water. Desperate um, times, desperate measures. Yeah, I mean, that's the only one who could help. I guess you could ask Appa, but they're laying on him. But Momo brings back a mouse, which is not water. And Katara sends Momo back out. But they're just getting sicker and sicker. And they're just like, where is Aang? What's taking him so long? I think it's the animation when Katara is talking to Momo. We see it from Momo's perspective. And she sounds like she's underwater. And like, it's really weird. I thought that was a fun animation choice. Yeah, like don't rely on a lemur as your nurse. (laughs) So back in the Fire Nation, we see another glimpse of a blue mask. So who is this person? And this mysterious masked person is trying to actually sneak into the fortress. So right now, they're hiding underneath a wagon of deliveries. And they manage to sneak into the fortress. Um, They're really agile. They seem like they know what they're doing. But we don't know who this person is. Yeah, there's a lot of anticipation and mystery in this scene right here. Um, And actually, when the blue spirit is shown, we see the Sungi horn. I'm really sorry if I mispronounce that, but the Sungi horn is always played when the blue spirit appears. And this instrument is used uh, for the sound effect of the Duda, which the Sungi horn is based on. So every time you hear that sound, like I thought the music within this episode was so great. It really was great at anticipating mm-hmm. what was going to happen. It was great at showcasing, you know, when the blue spirit was around, you heard that specific music. Um, so I just love the scene overall. But you know, while the blue spirit is sneaking into the fortress. We see that Zhao is actually giving this rousing speech about how the avatar is captured and basically how great the fire nation is. And throughout this entire scene, this is like a straight up, like uh, this is, this is exactly like, you know, something that you would see about, you know, we are the oppressor kind of scene right here. Yeah, and Zhao's like, we're the best country. We're the best nation. We deserve all of this. He mentioned Sosin's Comet and he's like, the Avatar has been captured. We basically won. Yeah, and everyone's just agreeing and cheering and it just showcases like, you know, how crazy the Fire Nation is. And, you know, that look of like Zhao giving this speech and everything's red around them, which I guess is very much a Fire Nation thing. But I associate red with like communism. So I think of Russia or, you know, Mm -hmm. Hitler with like the Nazi flag and things like that. So there's a lot there that's 
paralleling the real world, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But while this entire speech is happening, we see that the blue masked figure is just moving around the fortress while the speech is happening. He's able to go around unseen. So we're like, what is he going to do? We don't know. know what he's doing there at all at this point. So Aang is still trapped. He just doesn't even seem that nervous. Like Aang is so funny. And the frogs have melted and they're climbing out of his pockets and they crawl out from under the door and they distract the guards. And while the guards are distracted, they also notice another Fire Nation soldier helmet rolling towards them. So they're like, what the hell is going on? There's frogs, there's a helmet. So they actually leave their posts to explore and see what's happening. And then they're attacked by the mysterious masked blue spirit. I loved this sequence. It was so much fun to watch. You're like, how is this happening? Because I think, you know, they pull the one guy in, the other soldiers come up and we see that the blue spirit is up top. And you're like, oh, this person is so sneaky and so smart. Like, what is he doing? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? So I really love this scene overall. So the blue spirit is able to escape the soldiers and we see that the blue spirit enters the room that Aang is in. And we're like, okay, what is he going to do? But he pulls out his sword. So you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill the Avatar or he's going to do something really bad yeah. to the Avatar. And you see Aang's like fear in his eyes. He's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? But the blue spirit actually saves him. He cuts off the chains that Aang is attached to. And Aang is so confused because he thought he was going to attack him. He's like, who are you? What's going on? You know what I mean? But the person's silent and he's like, come follow me, which I think is really cool. You're like, he doesn't even talk. He's so cool. It's interesting because you're like the avatar has supporters and enemies so when this neutral masked figure this blue spirit comes in you don't know which way it's gonna go and like they really do a great job of building that tension of like is this an enemy or is this a friend yeah for sure and while ang is trying to escape he's still focusing on the frogs as he's following the blue figure this is why he needs katara and sokka because This would have never happened if Katara and Sokka were there. Like, they would have been like, stop focusing on the frogs. Let's get out of here. You know what I mean? So Aang alone is not great, unfortunately. Very distracted. (laughs) So he ends up following the blue spirit. And meanwhile, Sokka and Katara are getting sicker. And Sokka's so delusional. (laughs) It's kind of funny, though. But he's just like, they're not doing well. And that just, like, makes the stakes a little higher. And Momo is going back and forth bringing a bunch of stuff for them, but not what they need, which is water. It's literally so many things. You see that there's so much like trash around them or these inanimate objects around them. Katara has a crown on her head and Sokka's calling her a crown lady. It's just so funny. (laughs) Things are getting weird. (laughs) It really breaks up the tension of... Uh, what's going on between the blue spirit and Aang, which mm-hmm. I guess is needed. But the mass figure and Aang are trying to escape, but they're actually surrounded. So they're not really sure what they're going to be doing at this point. But there's just so much suspense right here. Mm-hmm. The music really builds on that suspense. And there's just so many questions the viewer has. You're just like, who is this blue spirit? Will they make it out? So I really love this overall. In the next scene, we see that Zhao is like very full of himself and he's focused on his speech. So he's talking to like his secretary and he's like, I want my speech sent over to the Fire Lord as soon as possible. He's such a suck up. That's how he got promoted. Like I mean, he's always about tooting his own horn. He's just so distracted. I know. Um, 
I guess you, you got to promote yourself to get promoted. So, <laughs> But the avatar escaped and you see like this anger in his face, which I kind of loved seeing. But I love that he goes into the room, the avatar has gone and he gets out of there. And the assistant makes this snarky comment that's like, sir, should I hold off sending the speech to the fire lord? Which I just loved. You could tell the assistant like hates this guy too. <laughs> Good. I'm glad he said that. I was laughing. Also, this did remind me of Mulan again. Like this assistant reminded me of Chifu from Mulan, mm-hmm. the you know councilman that's in Mulan. Yeah. So I wonder if that was an influence in the show at all. It could be, honestly. I see it. I totally see what you're saying, like the parallels between them. So like since they're surrounded, Aang uses airbending and the blue spirit uses – like he's really good with a sword. And the two of them are able to keep the guards at bay and they're re- a really good team. They like – They kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses and they're able to fight very well together. Yeah, and actually, so this figure is using broadswords, also called Dao, and they're one of the four major weapons in China and it's still taught in martial arts today, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, there was so much anticipation in this scene when the gates were closing. I was like, are they going to make it? Are they going to be able to get through Mm -hmm. those gates? And they don't. And I'm like, how are they going to get out of here? Aang doesn't have his staff to get them out of here. (laughs) So... Because, you know, the gates are closed, Aang throws a mask figure over the fence using bending, fortunately. It was so easy for him to be able to do that, too. He just, like, flicked him off. It's like, why can't you flick yourself off? I know. (laughs) But he actually uses, a like, he breaks off a spear of one of the soldiers, and he makes that into a fake staff and uses it, like, kind of like a helicopter to get them further away from the fort. And So mm, smart. No, but Aang really should have brought his real staff because that would have been the smartest move. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, yeah, so they're like each gate that closes and they're one step closer to leaving this fortress, they get more and more guards and they have to be smarter in the way that they're fighting. But they fight so well together. They don't know each other at all. We haven't heard this mass figure like talk at all, but they're able to so seamlessly work together in this fight to get out of this situation, which I really loved seeing. You're yeah. like, oh, really, who is this guy? How is he able to work with Aang so well? I was nervous while watching it, even though I like have seen it before, because Aang trusts him. And I understand why he trusts this blue spirit, him or her, because they saved him. But at the same time, like yeah. they could be from any side. So it's just like, I was wondering, was Aang aware that he could just be getting into further trouble? Yeah, but like Aang at this moment sees that there is danger. So the only thing he really, and he can't do it alone. He can't get out of that situation alone. Yeah. So he needs to rely on this blue spirit to get out of the current situation he's in. It's like, you got to think about one thing at a time. Okay, yeah. get out of the situation, then assess who this person is. You know what yeah. I mean? And the blue spirit never really speaks. He only is using his body like he not his head or he moves his hand yeah. and Aang is the one who's like okay what do we do but he's Aang is still communicating with him and they they're yeah, working it, together it, really well it works so crazy that the blue spirit doesn't talk at all but they're so on the same page which I just I think that's really great and it, it really builds a suspense of wondering like who this blue spirit is mm-hmm. so they're finally at the last gate they're almost out they're almost safe but at the last minute they're cornered by the guards and Zhao walks out I love how swift Aang is in this moment where the guards are firebending towards the blue spirit, but Aang so swiftly turns him around and uses airbending to like get the fire away. I just was like, ooh, that's my favorite move so far of this episode. I just thought it was so great. I like the weird helicopter thing. (laughs) (laughs) The entire time I like saw the weird helicopter thing, I was like, oh, Aang, you really needed your staff. (laughs) (laughs) And we hear Zhao tell the guards to stop 
attacking. And again, he reinforces the fact that the Avatar must be captured alive. And hearing that, that's a switch for the Blue Spirit. He takes out his swords and he makes a motion that he will kill the Avatar. So he's using that to help get them out. But Aang doesn't know if he's going to be harmed or if he's not. And seeing that, Zhao is like, fine, don't hurt him. You guys can go. And there was so much tension because you're like, oh, this guy must be good. They're working together so well. Then boom, he's about to kill Aang. You're just like, who is this guy? What is this deal? Um, And it really builds the suspense of learning who this person is and understanding their motives. Mm -hmm. But we see why Zhao actually let them go. Zhao is up at the top of the fortress and he's watching Aang and the masked man leave. And he's with the archers. And Zhao is like, do you have a good target on the figure? And he's like, yeah. So he's like, okay, knock out the thief but keep the avatar alive i want to bring both of them to the fire lord and we see that the blue spirit is shot oh my god i was like oh my gosh these got these archers are really good <laughs> the, the archers archery is so cool and they are in, impeccable yeah um but ang actually sets up a wind tunnel to make sure that you know they can get away from the mass guards because they're coming towards them and then you see actually a bit of skin and i knew right away because you see a little bit of a scar and ang removes the mask and realizes that it's zuko and you're like oh my god <laughs> it's so, such a good twist I love the twist. It's such a good twist. And that moment of intersection of these two stories, they're together. And it's crazy because, like, what should Aang do? Yeah, because, like, he did help him escape, but he hates this guy, you know? His life would be so much easier if Zuko was not in the picture. But Aang overall is a good human being, you know? He, He wants everyone to live peacefully together. So he doesn't, at the end of the day, want Zuko to die. So we see a scene of the guards coming up and both of them have disappeared. So we know that Aang actually chooses not to let Zuko be found. He helps him escape, Mm -hmm. which I thought was, you know, very true to Aang's character. Aang will help anyone. He's so good natured. Yeah. What a twist. I feel like first time watchers might not guess that the masked figure is Zuko. Like what is this person? And that's what makes this episode so strong. Like there's just actually so many layers in it. I think this is definitely the most suspenseful episode because you just have so many questions. Mm-hmm. And then once you find out it's Zuko, you're like... You have more questions. <laughs> yeah, you have more questions. You're like, why is he helping him? And like, you kind of get like more background on Zuko in the last episode. And now you're just learning more about his true character now. You know, yeah. you learned about his past and now you're learning about his character now. And you're like, why does he want to help Aang at this moment? But actual another fun fact, Zuko actually got this blue mask from his mother who actually isn't in this series. There's a lot about his mother in future episodes, but this mask is actually an Earth Kingdom opera mask, and his mom actually loved theater, and she was an actress before she became the queen of the Fire Nation. So another His mom is such an interesting character, and I'm sure we'll delve into it at a future point. But yeah, this is part where Avatar starts to get a little soap opera-y. <laughs> <laughs> like look into the parents and stuff like that but it's i think we don't learn about that until like season two at least yeah right i think it's a while so they were able to escape and we see zhao's angry angry face up at the fortress he's like i let them get away and i love the scene like of zhao so angry and then the frog right next to him. yeah because he's a toad i was so happy that he that they escaped because just like he gave that horrific speech and he was like celebrating and being so pompous, like good. I'm glad he slipped yeah. away from under you. 
And also, that would be just way too easy if you found him right away. Like, you just become, like, a higher rank in the military, and then you're going to just find the Avatar. Like, this is a TV show. It doesn't happen that quickly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the next scene opens in the woods, and we see Zuko is in the moss just resting. And Aang is watching him, and he's also reminiscing about his life. And Kuzan, um, who was his friend before the war, and then he's like, I had relationships with Fire Nation people. And that were great. Like, I wonder if in a different time, Zuko and I could have been friends. Yeah. And I love how sweet the beginning of this scene is. Like, the notion of a nation can be bad, but the people are good. You know what I mean? I love that notion. And I love that they're bringing it up within this show. But then Zuko actually attacks Aang right away. He just starts to fire a vent towards him. And Aang hops, like, off of the trees and literally when that happens the juxtaposition of like how sweet it is to Zuko like just firebending I literally cackled I was like <laughs> yeah it's oh like my okay God. I guess we couldn't have been friends because friends don't <laughs> attack someone like that I was like Zuko being Zuko Zuko <laughs> was not himself as the blue spirit but Zuko being Zuko at this point. I was like what was the whole point of this if you're just gonna attack him you know what I mean but <laughs> I feel like Zuko hates Zhao so much. Like, that propelled a lot of the action. Yeah, I agree, too. He's like, okay, well, I don't have the upper hand in finding the Avatar, but I can be my own secret weapon in making sure that I find him and not Zhao. Yeah. We then see Zuko returning to his bow, and he's, like, super tired. I was Um, laughing because it seems like the teenager returning from the party after, like, being out all night and, like, being, like, (laughs) like, kind of hungover and needs to go into their room and sleep it off. But he wasn't yeah. at a party. <laughs> but was, that's what you know, the scene reminded me of. Yeah, he had an alter ego. And I love Iroh in this scene. You know, he's like playing an instrument. <laughs> and he has that monkey from the water bending scroll right next to him, too. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, Zuko, we missed you last night. It was music night on the boat. Like, I love the idea that these people are like, games and basically have karaoke after hours they actually they're having a fun time honestly I was they're trying their best I was a good boss I wrote is a good boss but like I recently on TikTok have been getting on my for you page um this woman who works on a cruise ship and she's like this is what we do after hours so it reminded me of that where they're like oh they play games just like people on cruise ships in the real world (laughs) But we also see that Aang is returning and he's exhausted too. So you see this parallel of both of them being exhausted because they both experience the same thing, um, which I really loved. But Aang returns with some frogs that Sokka and Katara need to actually suck on, you know? And Sokka is even just like, Aang, how was your trip? Did you make any new friends? And Aang is actually like, no, I don't think I did, which is so heartbreaking. He sounds so defeated. Like, I really haven't seen him that defeated in a long time. Yeah, and it's probably because he had to do that all by himself. Sokka and Katara are sick. He has no want to talk to him about this too so he's yeah. just kind of like moping to himself but you know ang turns to sleep and we actually then see a scene of zuko staring at the fire nation flag and then turning to fall asleep as well so i love that parallel again of just both of them they're going on their own separate journeys but they're so similar in different ways mm-hmm. and then we see Sokka and katara sucking on those frogs and they're healed and they're like ew this is so gross why are we sucking on frogs <laughs> That's such a weird medicine thing, you know what I mean? Like, I you have like, to suck on these frogs. Is this what we frogs? need for COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Don't spread that rumor around. <laughs> We're not capable of giving medical advice, and you shouldn't be getting medical advice from a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> An animated t- children's show that is not based in the real world. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I just, I love both of them going into and turning away and falling asleep and that exhaustion that they both face. I feel like that was a really beautiful and poetic way to end the episode and really like tie them together even more. Like now that their paths have intersected, I feel like they have a little bit of each other that they're carrying with them. Yeah. And I feel like this episode really foreshadows what ends up happening to their relationship in the future. We won't dive into that yet in case you haven't watched the rest of the series, but I think this really does a great job of foreshadowing what happens to both of them by the series finale. Well, so. you know, I'm giving this a five out of five. Love the pacing, love the energy, love the plot twists and the little details in the animation and the humor. Really great episode. I, this would be one of the episodes I would want to show people. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of my favorite episodes in the entire series for sure it's just so much fun to watch and I really wish that I could I was watching that episode after watching it before and I was like oh man what I do to watch this episode for the first time I know like I just feeling that anticipation and realizing that plot twist I was like oh I wish I could rewatch this again and not know what happens so love this episode same I'm glad we got to watch it it was definitely a bright point of the week for sure five out of five we'll be back next week but remember to subscribe please tell your friends leave a review i know people might have finished binging the whole series but that might be the perfect time to you know put on the podcast yeah if you miss watching the show you can listen to two random people talk about the show That's a great way we should market this podcast. (laughs) Listen to two random people talk about the show. So please like and subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Um, Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.